Hello, wrestling fans. It's Quint Charisma. Hey, that's me. And today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Yo again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma. By God, we are smack dab along ringside and set up a gun. We are ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. Quentin? What's going on? Oh, man. Another day in paradise. Uh, okay, I, I can't say that enough. It, it's getting really weird. It's getting really weird in the world. Okay. Uh, I'm going to build a bomb shelter. Huh? 5G is coming. You're building a bomb shelter? No, I'm just making all this up. Oh. I'm just trying to do something different. <laughs> all right. You never know, man. That's my, that's my new gimmick on the podcast. I'm a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> oh, that's going to be something. We're going to go away from wrestling and start discovering the conspiracy theories. So this is the last we'll do of Memphis Wrestling. Next, uh, next week, who really shot JFK? Oh, let's do something a little different because that's been done so many times. Let's do a little something a little, little more. I don't know. Can we, do, can we do the lizard people that really run the government? I don't know. I never heard about that. <laughs> that Deep diving, pretty, man. Deep that, diving. Might, that might be pretty interesting. <laughs> All right. So, I have no idea where we're at. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is, this is show number 28. And we're doing the CWA Memphis TV show from July 11th, 1987. It's the Evansville, Indiana feed. So it means it was taped in Memphis on July 4th, 1987, 4th of July. Uh, nice. I actually was, I was kind of shocked how good the crowd was. Um, but then again, I remember 4th of July was always a good wrestling night up until the late 90s. So, so did I, I guess my question for that would be, um, did cities not have their own fireworks show then? No. Nope. So people wouldn't have stuff to go see? Uh, basically, your big cities did. Uh, that's about it. And they wasn't nothing like, like, like Nashville has now and nothing like that. I mean, um, I know like in Nashville, uh, I know like, like in the late 70s, uh, early 80s, like... Uh, Hermitage Landing, which now is um, National Shores, they had fireworks. Opryland had fireworks, um, but there wasn't one one big show. And all your little town, like now, all your little towns has fireworks. Every little town has fireworks now. Back then, only your big cities had them. So it was. Um, so yeah, um, Fourth of July used to be a really good um, uh, wrestling. Uh, Wrestling, time, uh, wrestling uh, day uh, still is in some small towns. I know, uh, like up in uh, up in Virginia, West Virginia, they do a lot of fest, Fourth of July festivals up there. They always have wrestling at, um, but uh, especially around here, it about um, late nineties, it pretty much died because everybody started doing every seemed like every little town started doing fireworks. So. Uh, so yeah, so it don't surprise me now if I think about it. The crowd, there was just a crowd. Uh, we got the uh, most of the opening music uh, video. Lance and Dave at the desk. Lance had a little greeting. Throws it over to Dave, and Dave gives today's uh, lineup. He says uh, Jeff Jarrett and Bubba is going to be in the opening tag match. We're going to see the clones 327 and 328. Uh, Brickhouse Brown, Jerry Lawler, and then a six-man tag. With Rocky Johnson, Bill Dundee, and George Barnes. And 
Looks like Dave swatted a fly. <laughs> Did you notice that? I, I saw him swatting something out of his face. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I saw God, he, Yeah, like everyone, he looked like he's, look like he's swatting. I was like, he just swatted a fly. <laughs> and then Lance says, he says, we got an interesting videotape coming up. And then he cuts the break. It's like, ah, leave us hanging. <laughs> and it is interesting. Which one? <laughs> Because I don't know which one it was. Which one actually was it? It, it has to be the last one. Oh, the funny, the good one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yep. So I cut the break, come back. Lance is standing, he's interviewing Bruno. Bruno says that he taught Dundee how to strut. Because Dundee's been watching him do it. He talks about Jeff Jarrett stealing the Mid-America title away from Spot. Bruno has a racial slur. Yeah, not so much a slur, but a comparison. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe. He calls Jared a thief in the night, and we won't say what nationality he compared him to, but <laughs> it was bad and not white. <laughs> it wasn't white, it wasn't black. And Lance kind of looked at him cockeyed on that one, like, uh, it was, it was like, seriously? <laughs> Yeah, Lance is about to get hot. Yeah, Lance looked at him like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's like, in, of all the stuff Tojo said out there, <laughs> but I guess because it was something new, nobody's went to that uh, nationality yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bruno's branching out. Yeah, Bruno's, Bruno's ahead of his time. <laughs> all the racial slurs, racial Indian, in, Indian, whatever. I say slurs, whatever. You know what? What do you want to? What I'm getting at? Anyway, <laughs> Bro says he's got a surprise, and he tells Lance to play the video. And this, oh, Bruno was snazzy today. Oh yeah, yeah. He had, he had on a vest, a tie, a little gold chain, a bowler hat. Yeah. Hat and everything was color coordinated. <laughs> and they went to the video, and it was the total opposite. <laughs> He, he had a, uh, a plaid button-up shirt unbuttoned about down to his belly button. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a shirt for, what was it, the store, the stand, something like that? I, I don't know what it said on. I couldn't say. The video quality on this was not very good. And I wish it would have been better. Cause... Yeah, the studio shot was really good. Like, you know, because sometimes we get uh, you know, bad tape transfers. But the, the studio stuff was really good. So they just used a... I think it was... A cheap camera. Well, that and there's no light. It was there's no light in that barn. Oh yeah, so we were in Parts Unknown, which is apparently a barn on Jerry Jarrett's property. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with the house up in where did they say it was. Uh, uh, Twenty miles outside Hazard, Kentucky. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Not confused. which is also happens to be Jerry, Jerry Jarrett's property. <laughs> Or uh, the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the uh, the jungles of Uganda, also Jerry Jarrett's property, and the swamps of Louisiana, also yeah. Jerry Jarrett's property. <laughs> that property has a lot of uh, it's, it's in a lot of different different countries and places. Right? He's got property everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, he, he was a very early in the real estate business, apparently. Yeah. Actually, yeah, because from pictures I've seen now, all that whole farm has been sold off, and there's all houses around it now, and there's, a, there's not a lot left of the land to the house now. 
uh, from what I can see of the uh, of the pictures I saw the other, uh, a couple weeks back because the house is up for sale. Well, I, I'm sure Jerry sleeps really comfortably on his mattress full of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was sleeping very comfortably on his mattress full of money back then. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody... uh, oh, yeah. If anybody's ever seen the Fads video where they're in a random bathtub, Jerry Jarrett's house. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, and the Fads video where they're in the barn, I'm pretty sure this is the same barn that Bruno's in. <laughs> So as Bruno's talking, uh, behind Bruno, we see a, uh, a moon dog, and Bruno's throwing treats over his shoulder. Yeah, he's a, a, a box of dogs. I was looking, I was trying to see what he had in his hands, because like, it's, 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 it's really dark on this video, and I, and I was like, oh, he's got dog biscuits. <laughs> and, and, and I'll say this, so uh, I believe in this shot, it's Spike behind him, correct? Yeah, it's Spike, yep. Spike sounds like a legitimate wild animal. Yeah. Um, I wish question. You could, I, is Spike the Moon Dog from Millersville, Tennessee? Yes, it's Bill Smithson. Okay, great man. Yes, a very very nice man. I, can I tell a real fast story? I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'll make sure it's fast. Okay, I was booked against him and uh, Madison for I don't know what whatever Tony and TJ Weatherby was called Tony Fox and TJ Weatherby. Whatever they was calling their promotion at that time, I can't even remember what it was. Anyway, I was booked against him, and I was like, oh, he's going to walk, you know, I was like, they brought him in, and I was like, oh, he's going to walk there and just, and just beat me with everything in the world, you know? <clears throat> and he, so we go back there, and, and, uh, I said, so, I said, you got to finish it? And he said, yeah. And, uh, he said, I'm going to hit you with the bone. It's all right. And, uh, I said, so what do you got in mind? You got anything in mind? And uh, he said, well, he said, you're doing because I was doing the gay gimmick. He said, now, everybody out there is going to think I'm going to go out there and just beat the crap out of you because I'm a moon dog. He said, but I hear, you're here every week. I'm This is my, I'm here. I might be back next year. Who knows? So I'm not going to go out there and beat you up and hit you with everything in the building and and then beat you. Because that's not going to do do anybody any good. They know who they always people know who I am. This is this is your this is where you work. So I'm not going to kill you. They said I'm going to get a couple good shots. He said I got a buddy out there who come to see me. He's got a crutch. I'm going to grab his crutch. I'm going to hit you with the crutch. I said okay, that's cool. They said I'm going to hit you with the crutch. And so we're going on the floor. We'll brawl around a little bit. They said I'm going to I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to grab the crutch. I'm going to hit you with the crutch. I'm going to shoot you back in. You feed up, boom, hit you with the bone, one, two, three. I said, all right, sounds good to me. That's what we did. We're not there. I think I jumped him from the beginning. I got on him, got on him. Uh, uh, poop canned him out. Got on him on the floor a little bit. And then he, somebody could come back on the floor, cut me off, grabbed the old boy's crutch. I hit me twice with the crutch, broke it, shot me back in. I fed around, hit me with the bone, one, two, three, easy as can be. Got to the back. I said, thank you so much. He said, he said, that was good. I said, I said, I appreciate it. I said, yeah, he said, he said, there's no, he said, there, there's no reason, he said, there's no reason me to go out there and just, and kill you when you're here every week. It don't make sense. And I said, well, I really do appreciate that. So after that, I was like, I had so much respect for that man. Um, God bless his soul, he's not with us anymore. But, you know, he could have just went out there and just ate me up, you know. But he realized 
you know what was what was good business, you know. Yeah, I met, I met him le- late in life at uh, at Southern All Star Wrestling. He would come in from time to time. You know, not like he said, not once a year, maybe once every couple of years. Yeah. Um, super nice man. Mm-hmm. Super duper nice man. Um, just wanted to help the guys who were there out. You yeah. know, what, wanted to do his match, maybe sell a couple pictures and go home. Yeah. Uh, pleasure to be around. I, I can't say enough nice things about Spike. Yeah. yeah Bill Smith was a good guy. Man, and he, um, you know, before he worked, uh, as, as, that was, I think, he just uh, started doing the, the Moondog gimmick then. Before that, he worked for uh, George Goulas, you know. Um, and um, he worked, you know, for Goulas for a long time. and was very, really, very, very good. And actually, he worked for, uh, he did Memphis TV, I think, 80, 81. He did a lot of jobs uh, on Memphis TV around 80, 81. He had a big fro. Uh, but he was nowhere near the size he was when he became a Moondog. But, uh Really good, really good worker when he was Bill Smithson, and then you know, then when he became a moon dog, he did the gimmick perfect, you know. But yeah, he was a great guy. So yeah. All right, go back to where we were at. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, uh, so Bruno actually goes in the pen, and, and the first pen is Spot. Yep. Uh, so they only go from Spot's yep. pen to Spike. He starts smacking Spot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then we go into Spike's den, and Bruno throws some food in the bowl, which is a legitimate dog bowl. Spike goes down and starts eating it, and then <laughs> Spike comes, and they start fighting each other, and it's it is amazing. They start fighting each other over the, over the bowl, bowl of food. <laughs> it's classic. It was like, and, uh, and they both sound like wild animals, and they're laying into each other. Yeah, yeah, they're not, yeah, they're, they're, they're popping each other, and Bruno... <laughs> At first, though, when he, when he first went in there to, to Spike, he had a board, and he... I was hitting him, hitting him, telling him to get back with the board. So he was, he was smacking a spot, then he was hitting Spike with the board. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it brought Bruno into a, a new light, too. Bruno's being kind of cruel to them. Yeah. And we haven't seen Bruno get over on too many guys, and these are two scary guys to be, quote-unquote, getting over on. Yeah. Um, so he, go, he goes out and he finishes in front of his promo in front of the door with them still fighting in the <laughs> other room, and he'll occasionally smack the door and tell them to shut up. Yeah. It was a. I think I don't think this video package was bad at all. I, I enjoyed it. Good. I just wish that there was better lighting. But yeah, yeah it, you never saw. That's why I had to ask if it, if this spike was Bill Smithson yeah. because you never saw a good shot of him. You got a good lit up shot of Spot. Yeah. But you didn't get a lit up shot of Spike. Yeah. So I did, I couldn't tell if it was Bill Smithson or not. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. It's all I think. It just the um. Cause I'm sure they just. They, you know, they didn't turn the, because I don't know how, you know, the light in that little dingy barn, in the bottom part of that barn, I don't know if, if you turned on the light on the camera, if it would, if, if it would, wouldn't look right, you know what I'm saying? Be too bright. Yeah, and it's Memphis. All the VTRs are, are run and gun. Yeah. You know I mean? They're, they're not setting up sets or backdrops. Nah. It's, we, we have a, back, a background that'll work and let's go and shoot it and be done. Yep. Yeah, we're only doing it one take. And get it right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, it, it, it was it, it that was really good. I liked it. Um, I thought it was done really good. Um, it, and not a lot of the Moon Dog managers. I just want to go back on this real quick. Um, smacked around the dogs. No, I was thinking about that. No. Um, who was their manager with the whistle? Uh, Richard Lee. 
Yeah, I, I mean, he never smacked him around. He just he, the whistle was their trigger. He, he did the whistle, and he grabbed the hair every now and then. You know, try to pull him off sometimes. But yeah, not now. Bruno was that's the most aggressive I've seen anybody with him. Because Jimmy Hart yeah. surely didn't, you know. And, and neither did Cornette. When Cornette managed him for a short time, he did the whistle. He brought the whistle with him. Hmm. I'm trying. Where did where did he, where did he manage him at? Uh, short run. Well, summon Smokey. Oh God. Here, here and there, and then I believe he brought him into Memphis as well. In Memphis? Uh, in the in the nineties. Huh. So who knows what even Moon Dogs it was? I'm sorry, I don't remember that. I remember. I remember him coming in with the Fabs. And then in that same run after, because remember they had a the the Fabs didn't split or they had turned on Cornette or something at some point. They they turned heel. Well, I'm saying they turned on Cornette after that. Oh, I don't remember. I just remember they weren't here long. Yeah, over remember. Jackie Fargo. <laughs> I don't remember they weren't here long. <laughs> yeah, it, it was over Jackie Fargo, though. I know we're getting uh, into late 90s but, or mid-90s, I guess. But uh, there was a six-man tag, and it was going to be the Fabs and Cornette versus somebody and Jackie Fargo, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't touch Fargo, okay. and Cornette was losing his mind about it. Ah, Papa, look that up. All right, so let's see, where are we at now? <laughs> uh, we come back to the studio. Oh, yeah, come back to the studio and, um, okay, da, 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 Bruno, let's see. They, they brag about uh, a lot of Bruno's tag teams and how good oh, yeah. all his tag yeah, teams so are. Yeah, okay, yeah, and Bruno just... says, you can't beat downtown Bruno. Yeah. And, then, and um, while he's saying that, we hear music playing. Jarrett's music hits. Bruno, he leaves. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and Bubba come out. Uh, so Jeff comes over and starts talking first. He starts stumbling over his words again. Yeah. He must have been smoking a joint again. <laughs> so, Bubba... But uh, when he lets Bubba talk, Bubba does all right. Yeah, Bubba does short and to the point. It was good. I thought Bubba was, was good because it was short and to the point, and yeah, Jeff was stumbling. Oh. So they have the first match. It's uh, Jeff Jarrett and Big Bubba against Thunderbird and Keith Eric. Uh, Jerry Calhoun's referee for all the studio matches today. Uh, Jarrett and Eric start off with basic opening spot. Uh, yeah, hip tosses, arm drags, and holds. Your normal Jarrett TV match. Jarrett with some nice arm work, some reversals and stuff. Just some nice little arm work. Uh, Bubba comes in, clotheslines Keith Eric on top of the head. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> right on the top of yeah, the head. Yeah, I, I believe in Japan that's called an axe bomber. <laughs> <laughs> right, on the, right on the top of the head. Uh, and Keith Eric gets out of there. Yeah, he, he's like, I'm out of here. So Bubba hits a, uh, hits a uh, nice standing drop kick. Yeah, shotgun style. Yeah. And he's floating. Uh, Thunderbird comes in, it takes a clothesline from Bubba, and both his feet come off the mat. I don't think he had a choice. <laughs> because yeah. he takes bumps later throughout the match that are terrible, yeah, so he, he still yeah, sucks. I noticed, I noticed some of them were bad, yes, but that one, yes, that's the first time his feet's come off the mat since he's been there. Uh, yeah, I think as it was, yeah, they're going to come off, Bubba's going to make them come off. Uh, basically, Bubba hits him with two leg drops for the win. Eric comes in. To, Keith Eric comes in to break up the count. Almost steps on Jerry Calhoun. <laughs> but he takes a beautiful punch from Jarrett, 
and a nice bump out. Yeah, and he just kind of falls out. But he's like, he comes over and goes a kick, and he has to straddle. It's <laughs> like, he should have just fail. <laughs> because it was so awkward looking that he went to stomp, and he's like, oh crap, Calhoun's in the way. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of, so Jared hits him, he kind of falls, and goes through the ropes out to the floor. So, uh, they cut the break, got Lance, uh, give him the Evansville card for Wednesday, July 15th, 1987, Evansville Coliseum in Evansville, Indiana. Bruno's there with the clones, and they plug the match with, uh, Star and Travis. And we finally see the clones that you were talking about. They've got some silvery makeup around their eyes. They're looking every which way, what kind of confused. What did they start eating? Uh, well, at first, it was Bruno's tie. Yeah. But then they got some, it looked like cotton or something, like cotton balls. I was like, what is that? I saw something white, and I was like, what are they eating? <laughs> and they just started hanging, like, kept it hanging from their mouths the whole time. And they, they really, in the background, would steal the attention from everything. Yeah, yeah. So I see how you were creeped out as a kid at this. Yeah. And tell you, and when they were walking to the ring, like I said in Nashville, they were really slow and just, and they were doing all that crazy. They were just like, yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, that was more, a lot more of it than what they did last week in their match. Uh, then Bruno plugs the uh, Moon Dog, the Moon Dogs against Jeff Jarrett and Bubba. Then he plugs the Pat Tanaka Paul Diamond match against. Dun, uh, Dundee and Johnson, which is a no time limit, no DQ for international tag belts. He's got so he's got, he, he's got three tag teams. Yep, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he has a singles wrestler right now. No, because the uh, only one he had was Moon Dog, and now he's a tag. So yeah. So they cut back to the studio. Lance and Dave uh, talk. Real quick, Paul Diamond cuts a pretty good promo, and that's not something we see a lot. Yeah, he did. It wasn't bad, was it? Yeah, Tanaka did okay, but Paul Diamond cut a pretty good dog. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, he really, it was probably one of the better ones he's done. Hmm, he must, he's, well, he's been talking a lot. Because when he was babyface, he never talked hardly, ever. So I, I guess it's, they, the more he's talking, he's getting, you know, so I guess it's starting to get comfortable with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you really can, you know, learn it, you know, by doing it. Because, like, when he's a baby face, he very rare you, um, you know, he talks. So, yeah, I didn't think about that. I was just trying to keep it short. I wasn't going to write down all, everything everybody said. So, I didn't, I should have realized that. He actually did a good job for Paul Diamond. It was, I said, come back to the studio. Uh, Lance and Dave talk about the clones. And then uh, they throw it to a video from the Mid-South Call Sam where it's the, Clones versus Mark Starr and John Paul. Uh, it's in the end of the match. The footage, it's got the clone tries to pile drive Starr. And Frank Morrell breaks it up for the DQ. <clears throat> now, here's my question. It didn't look like he broke it up to me. No, well, really. He still kind of went down with it. My thing and, and, and not only this, Frank Morrell's useless, by the way. The rest of this tape, Frank Morrell, we'll get into it. Frank Morrell does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> to be wrestling... Was it a year and a half ago to now? It's like he's doing nothing. He's like, you know, so I'm thinking, because I didn't think, I mean, one thing, was that going to be the, real, the finish? Because I, I can see Lawler, I don't see Lawler telling him to use that finish. 
I mean, if they needed to get heat on the clones, which they do, it sure did that. Yeah. The people booed instantly on the pile driver. Oh, I heard some expletives. There's somebody, I heard an MFR. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I rewound, I said, hold on, did I hear that right? I was like, whoa, somebody was mad. <laughs> Hardwood, heavy. Because I didn't think it's ever gonna get it in there. Yeah, it took him about a good minute to get it in the ring. Yeah, because you couldn't go over the top; it was just too heavy to. So they're trying to put get it through the ropes. Yeah, that that's yeah that wasn't yeah, that was one of them big old heavy tables. And um, yeah, they bit on them forever. They threw. Uh, I think John Paul got thrown in the guardrail twenty-seven times. Yeah, they focused their attack in the ring on Star while beating John Paul off the apron. Billy Travis tried to make a save, but he got beat up too. Yeah, but it took forever for Travis finally come out there. When he comes in, he gets beat up. And then it's like, okay, nobody else is coming. I mean, because it, it seemed like forever before Travis came out there. Then when he finally came, they just get on him. They start beating the crap out of him. And then finally, uh, was it uh, Jeff Jarrett and Alan West? They yeah, make, they make they, the final save. Yeah, that makes, but it just seemed like it was like, they went, it, it, it gave them the time they needed to get that heat yeah. because that oh, crowd yeah. was raucous. Yeah, they were mad. And, uh, yeah, and Frank Morrell just stood around and did nothing. And yeah, just kept signaling for the bell. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, I'm uh, telling you, one day I'm going to run a show where a heel beats down the baby face after the match. The ref signals for the bell, the bell rings, and the heel stops. He goes, oh, my bad, and just walks away. <laughs> I need to book a match one time where that actually works. I think it's the bells that get the tension from people in the back to come out. That's what the bell, the ring of the bells for. It's not. I for still the, like my finish. It's not. It's not for the hills to stop. It's it's this to stop, but for people in the back to, because you know, that's old school. Nobody had monitors back in the day. You know? Yeah. So that's where that that's where that comes from. So they cut back to. Uh, Back to the studio. And uh, it's uh, Clones versus uh, Maddox and Johnson. Ed Maddox and David Johnson. Bruno had, Bruno had no graphic at all. No man, the manager got no graphic at all. Again, this, I guess I'm, I'm, it's about a month now. No managers have had graphics on, the, on it. So I guess they did it. They're doing away with the manager graphic. I guess you see them out there. You know who it is, I guess. Uh, Clones start off, just start beating on them, double teaming them. Yeah, we get none of that character that we got in the promo. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's it's yeah. It, they don't even yeah, because when they come to the ring, like, they didn't come as fast to the ring as they did the first week. They still got in the ring fast, took the stuff off. You know, yeah, it's like they're not. Hey, doing, and they're wearing green and white tonight. That's probably their old. That's. I'm sure this is all. They're not buy. They are not going to buy any new gear. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Yeah, you know, they're old timers. They ain't going to buy no gear. I mean, because I mean, what would you wear though? Like solid black, I guess. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but they just got on and man, they were aggressive again. Yeah. One of them hit a nice suplex. Yeah, nice butterfly suplex, and then there was a vertical suplex later. But yeah. that butterfly suplex was really nice. And Bruno. And they were really aggressive again. 
Uh, Bruno says, uh, what we got here is 1995. Here in 1987, we're going to party like it's 1999. And I was like, okay, that made no sense, but okay. Well, last week they were from 1999. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought 95 was, well, because then he said something about, we've been doing it for so many years. I was like, he has, he's over all the place on these years. Uh, they put the half crab on again for the win. Another, that's another, uh, win with a half crab kind of I thought maybe somebody would have said ah, you don't do something a little more especially after they beat them beat them beat them and they beat them with a half crab it's kind of it's kind of funny <coughs> sorry about that I gotta get something to drink take it away for a minute yeah. I'm sorry well that's good because we go to the Evansville Pro Mo with Lance Russell uh, before we get into the match lineup uh, Lance wants to remind you that there's going to be a big wing ding in Owensboro, Kentucky. <laughs> I did say wing ding, didn't he? He sure did. <laughs> uh, so the card lined up for Evansville this uh, this coming week. We've got the opening match of George Barnes versus Tojo Yamamoto. AWA Southern Tag Team title match, The Clones, 328-327 versus Mark Starr and Billy Travis, the champions. A special challenge match, the Moondogs, Spike and Spot versus Jeff Jarrett and Big Bubba. No time limit, no disqualification for the international tag team titles. Primetime, Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond, the champions, defend their belts against superstar Bill Dundee and soul man Rocky Johnson. And we have a Southern Heavyweight Championship match, not Southern Tag Team Championship yeah. match, like Lance Russell said. Yeah, he said, put that down. He said, Lance says Southern Tag. <laughs> Brickhouse Brown versus Jerry Lawler with a special stipulation that we'll learn shortly. I guess Lance... Lance must have got a contact high when he was walking in the building when he walked by Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on this special stipulation, Lance didn't want to say it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, they saved that. Yeah, they did. So, they come back to the studio. Lance is standing. Out comes Brickhouse Brown, and he's wearing a crown. Not just any crown. Law. Jerry Lawler's crown. He said, uh, Lance says, that's, that's Lawler's crown and Brickhouse Brown, you stole it. Brickhouse says, the king is dead and long live, live the Black Prince. I thought this promo was fantastic. Oh, man, he was on fire today. Man, oh, that was so, so good. good. Yes. He keeps calling King Redneck. I chuckle every time he says that. And, and man... He's got his cheering section. Yeah, he's got a few people who like him. Because um, I'm telling you something. You know, even though we talked about last week how, you know, they did the thing with Keith Eric, 87, 88 really is when people started kind of turning on Lawler, the fans. Because I know in Nashville in 88. I think the haircut got him. I really do. I think the haircut played a large role in that. I wouldn't doubt it. I think the fans felt gypped. Yeah. Yeah, because they thought they, they was, they was going to get their money back. <laughs> and then they didn't even see a haircut. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you still feel gypped to this day. Yeah, so. I mean, they, they, they didn't get their money back, and they didn't get a head shave, and they got a haircut. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I went down, because I know by um, when 88 in Nashville, um... There were some people that, I don't want to say, let me pause this real fast. All right, a little, little pause there, but uh, 
Yeah, it seemed like uh, in eight, I, I, and I think you're right. I think the haircut really uh, turns or turns some people against Aller uh, <clears throat> because, like I said, in Nashville in '88, um, especially when he had, when he won the World Strap, um, he like each week he defended against somebody different, and they brought in Buddy Land. I think Buddy Landell worked him one week. He was pretty much over. Dundee working, and that crowd was 50 50. And, and even when uh, Dutch was uh, heel and brought in uh, Master Payne, the Undertaker, Dutch was heel and he was getting at least 30 35% cheering against Lawler. So the crowd was starting to, was starting to, uh, you know. I think we're starting to, I mean, you still had your little base, but I think some people were actually kind of getting a little fed up because it seemed, you know, and we talked about, you know, for, you know, off and on for weeks, you know, his attitude was just, you know, he was just being a douche. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were, were starting to see that, you know. And, uh, and, and how could you cheer, how could you not cheer Brickhouse Brown coming up with those lines he was coming up with? Oh, and, man. <laughs> What? Oh he, he he said a, one line, dude. I'd laugh probably for ten minutes. He he uh, he started throwing out these uh, racial Indian Indian. Indi, I can't say that word. Innuendos. There you go. Thank you. And then he goes. He says, "We got all them little tenderonies out there." I guess he's talking about the rats. Yeah. <laughs> and when he said tenderonies, I was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't heard that word in 25 years at least. <laughs> yeah, so off of the racial innuendos that you were talking about, the uh, special stipulation that Lance is talking about, not only is the match Lawler's crown versus the Southern title, if Brickhouse loses, he will shine Lawler's shoes. Yes. Yeah, like, and Brickhouse goes. I know you guys want to see it, and he starts going into a uh, an imitation like th from the movie Roots. Yes, and then he goes into a buckwheat imitation. Yes, <laughs> and like he was on fire, man. He was man. He was on a roll, dude. <laughs> man, that was an edgy interview. Anytime. Even for 87, yeah. And all the stuff. Also, if Tojo said, ain't nothing to what, yeah, this was like. <clears throat> and I think that was what was getting him over with the black people in the crowd. Absolutely. I, I, I think so, too. <laughs> I think they tried to. I think and it they, wasn't just the black people in the crowd, and you see it in the next match. I think, I think they're, I think this, I think it, uh, the, the way they booked this, I don't think they, I don't think they realized it wasn't going to work out the way they thought. I, the I, I think Lawler always thought they'll love me regardless. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it's what, what it was. And, and yeah, yeah, it's it kind of backfired on him. But man, but you know, if it would have been anybody else, another black guy doing it, I don't think it would have got over. Like no, Brickhouse had that rap, man. Oh my and, gosh, he was and so he's good. in great shape. He just looked like a million bucks. Yeah, but he looked like a million bucks, talked like a million bucks, and just 
He had, always had all good matching gear. Um, and we've seen him lay out Lawler. We've seen him like just clothesline the crap out of Lawler. Yeah. And he was a baby face before. Yeah. So they're used to cheering him, and now he's saying stuff that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. I think they kind of yeah. They, I think they should have laid off the racial stuff a little bit, and because I, I think it, I th- like I said, I think it's backfire. So they go to the ring in third match is Brickhouse Brown against Ron Nations. <laughs> hey man, we got yeah, first off poor Ron Nation. <laughs> Um, and we, hey, it looks like we have a new Ron Nation, though. He's got bleached hair, he's, he's, he's in trunks. He's got bleached blonde hair. <laughs> I was like, I kept looking, I was like, that's not Ron Nation's. And then they got clothes, I was like, oh my gosh, he's bleached his hair. <laughs> yeah. And he's got trunks. Yeah. He's trying, I guess. I mean, hey. <laughs> Yeah, we, we don't get to see much from it. It's a short match. It's a minute, four seconds. I, he, but, man, he gets clotheslined so hard. I did notice something. Excuse me. Whew, man, I got coughs and burps tonight. Anyway, he actually, the one time I saw him get shot in the ropes, it actually looked like it was still wasn't the best looking, but it was, it was a lot better than what it has been. So I think he's actually learned how, somebody's working with him on how to hit, at least hit the ropes. <laughs> Yeah, but so uh, I was talking about how you can see the crowd being split. It's not just the African-American fans. Um, Brickhouse hits that clothesline, and people stand up applauding. Yeah, he, he clotheslines him out of his boots, man. Uh, people are so happy when he wins. <laughs> it, it adds to this can't be what they expected. Yeah. And then we get a sweet dance routine after the bell. Yeah, it's all put on here, but... Actually, he pins him with a clothesline for the pin. He gets up and does a little dance afterwards, reminiscing from his days in, in uh, Tim Chip Wrestling from Florida as one of the break dancers tag team with Mark Regan. <laughs> you never hey, seen I, that, I, have I, you? I, no, I haven't. And I didn't know Brickhouse had those moves. Yeah, that, go, go pull it up. I think they were down there in 84, 80, or 84 maybe early 85-ish. And they come out to the, uh, to the ring with a big boom box. Yeah, and I think he did it in, I don't know if he was in a, uh, in a tag team, but I know he did a little bit of it in Mid-South for Watts, but I, didn't know, I do remember when in Florida, uh, he was, they, was, they were the uh, break dancers. Um, so yeah, I looked that up, yeah, he, he, he was having a flashback there, he, he, he busted up some moves. Uh, Flawler comes out uh. <laughs> with those horrible yellow airbrushed tights and those... Uh. Bad because it's airbrushed everywhere. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And it's He's no, got like a lion on the crotch. There's no, um, there's no theme. There's no theme. It's just everywhere. It's like a prison. It's like prison tattoos. They're just everywhere. Yeah, yeah and they're random. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's no theme to anything. And he's yeah, wearing, there's a lion here, there's bubble letters here, yeah, there's a crown here. And then he's uh, wearing those ugly bronze brown boots. Oh gosh, those are so ugly. This is Lawler's worst look. And he glances, hey, that looks good. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that killed me. <laughs> I think I think Lance might have been ribbing him. He's like, what do you got all on here? Oh, no, no, it had to be because he, uh... <laughs> He said it in the same tone of, hey, Jerry, your hair's looking good. Yeah. And, uh, but here's the thing. Those are old. I remember he, he had those like in 83 or something. And they, from, you know, it's kind of, you know, the, the video work, like I said, you know, it's not the best quality. But you can tell it's faded some. You know? 
Yeah, uh, I hate those sights. I've always hated those sights. Yeah, it's, it's not cool. It's his worst look, and that's including the two-strap Lawler. Oh. <laughs> With the perm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 79, 79 Lawler wasn't a good look. No wonder his leg got broke. <laughs> yeah, but still, yellow airbrush Lawler's even worse. Yeah, it is bad. It, and, and, and fading, and it's fading, and those bronze brownish pull-on boots are just... Ugh, man. You know, and, and Lawler claims he's not trying to make this a racial issue, that, that Brickhouse is trying to do that. Lawler says he hates Brickhouse no matter what color he is. Yep. Uh, and then we get in a story of why this crown, because we all know Lawler has numerous crowns, why this crown is so special. You want to cover that? Yeah, he talks about it. That was the crown that Sam Bass gave to him and talks about that it was um, almost 10 years ago Actually, it was 10 years ago. Actually, it was almost 11 years ago when they taped this. Because, wasn't it? Is it like next week the anniversary of that? Maybe. I think it is. Oh, dude, that's that's crazy. Because I was down I was down to State Archives uh, Tuesday. And I pulled up Pepe Lopez and, and Frank Hester's wrestling license from 76. Oh, man. Yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of spooky. And they got them. I think they both got them in April. Of 76, yeah. And they passed in July of 76. So it was kind of spooky, you know? But yeah, I was telling my girlfriend, actually, when we were going on the way to Memphis, uh, because the spot where they died was pointed out to me yeah. uh, by Dante. Yeah. And I pointed it out to her on the way down. Yeah, now that was, that's, yeah, those, those guys died horrible, horrible death. Um, yeah. But, um, so he tells the whole story about that. And, um, and, and Lawler was pretty fond of this to make angles uh, invoking Sam Bass. Yeah. I, I remember he did it with the Gilberts um, over a jacket, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I back don't know in, if that was later or earlier. I think it, it was later. It was like 92, 93-ish, I think. Yeah, um, but I remember, like, cut a really impassioned promo yeah, over the, that the, jacket. It was like a black and silver uh, jacket. Did yeah. you just fart? No. What was that noise? Oh, I, I don't know. I thought I heard a fart. I was like, yes. <laughs> ratings right there, man. <laughs> so he talks about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, then he talks about the uh, Brickhouse is going to shine his shoes. Uh, basically, so they go, the base that was basically meant to get over the, the shoe shine gimmick. Uh, so they go to the ring. It's Lawler against Keith Roberson. And I'm a, did I say this last week? I think I don't know if I, did. I wrote it down. But I don't know if I did. Keith Robertson and Tony Burton look a lot alike. They do. They should have put them together as a tag team. Yeah, yeah uh, Tony Burton looks like Keith Robertson. Keith Robertson would hit the weights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they he should would, be a tag team with before and after. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's good. Yeah, they do. Yeah, he looks like they look like each other, but one works out, one don't. Yeah, and yeah. Lance even calls out that Keith Robertson put on weight. Yeah, yeah, he does, don't he? He did. I yeah. know, that's right, then Because he, he says he says he's weight. He said he's putting some. He's been weighing, and he says Lawler in at two thirty, whatever. But yeah, he said Keith Robertson weighing in it, and he goes, "Oh, he's put on a little weight." That's <laughs> like, dang, Lance, that poor guy. <laughs> if I was on Memphis TV and that happened, I'd be in the gym because I know I'm not booked on the house show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So basically, it's a basic Lawler match. Punch and everything. He throws a drop kick. Uh, yeah, we got a beal, a drop kick, and a lot of punches. Yeah, lots of punches. 
Uh, Lawler goes up to give him the Big Ten in the corner. And out comes Brickhouse Brown and sets the crown in the corner. Lawler jumps down. He goes to get the crown. And Brickhouse pulls away at the last second. Boy, I didn't think he was going to get it out there in time. Did you? Yeah, no, I didn't. That was close, man. That was, I was like, oh, they couldn't have gotten any closer. I was like, dang. And then, he pulls around. And then, Rob, this is going on. Uh, Roberson puts, uh, was it a Nux or a chain? I couldn't, because the camera. Lance and Dave said a chain. It's okay. Memphis, so I always assume a chain. Yeah, that's true. So he's in with the chain, goes down. A Lawler goes down. He straddles, covers Lawler so you know what's going to happen. Lawler rolls him over, one, two, three for the pin. Lawler pops up, and really is no selling a, a chain shot at all. Yeah, I think he puts his hand on his mouth one time, yeah. and then that's it. Yeah, I was like, I know he's a job guy, but he still hits you with the chain, dude. You know? Yeah. And so he just basically, he killed the chain on TV. <laughs> he killed the haircut, I mean, head shaving gimmick. Now he's killed the chain on TV. <laughs> And you wonder why I hate Lawler. <laughs> okay, so they cut the break. And they come back to the studio. Lance is standing. Out comes Dundee with a strut to the curtain right off the bat. Of course. So I'm like, whoa, okay, he's, this is going to be good because he's already strutting. And he got up is he wearing, he's wearing a hat that looks like it has the Star of David on it. It look, it's a sheriff's department hat for somewhere. Has to be. Okay. That's what I thought it was. I was like, I, I was like, is, is Bill D. Jewish? Yeah. I was looking at it too. I was like, that's like, uh, looks like a, either for a sheriff's department or a police department hat, because it looks like old timey looking badge and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I was careful. I I could never get because the quality you couldn't see, but it that's what it looked like to me. Yes, it's Star of David. He's Jewish. He converted. <laughs> Uh, now it comes George Barnes. Barnes don't go. I, I've never seen George Barnes. Really? Yeah, I've, I've never gone. I keep meaning to go and watch their their run when they came in. What little bit you can find of it. Yeah. I am a fan of George Barnes. Oh, dude, you gotta go watch some of his stuff. And there's a match. I think it's a, is it a six man? I guess Dundee Barnes or Chris Colt. Uh. I was against the Fargo's maybe? Oh, classic. Colt was bumping his butt off, taking bumps over the top rope with a chair wrapped around his head and everything. But yeah, it, yeah. Go watch that old barn stuff. And see, I still think they should have, well, I'll do it later in my notes. But anyway, so he comes out. He don't go to the desk. He goes over and looks at, starts looking at the fans, eyeballing the fans. Because <laughs> uh, 11 years ago, when he was there, he was a hill. So. And he hasn't changed. Boy, no. oh boy. <laughs> So he comes over, <coughs> oh, sorry about that, and starts arguing with, with Rocky Johnson right at the get-go. I was like, what the crap? I was like, uh, I mean, what? I was like, should they wait just at least till next week or something? And man, it, it, you think it got uncomfortable before. Um, Barnes run, runs down Rocky Johnson to Dundee. Well, first off, he has a great line. He keeps calling everybody in the studio Yanks. Well, and, uh, well he talks about Lance's nose. Yeah, he talks about Lance's nose. That <laughs> was great. He said, he says, Bill, I thought you said he said all that money I've got his nose, uh, got his nose fixed. It looks like it's gotten bigger. <laughs> 
Hey, Sark's calling everybody in the studio Yanks. Yeah. And then Dundee's like, ah, oh, man, you know, come on, it's 1987, we're all Americans now. And he's yeah. like, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then he runs down Rocky Johnson. Yes. <laughs> and he says, people like him aren't even allowed in the ring in Australia. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. Yeah, I was like, wow. This episode is racy. Yeah, they're pushing the, the racial tension. and um, But I just can't believe they, they just brought him straight in. He went straight to the camera, you know, and just, um, you know, basically just started turning the heel. Um, Dundee uh, says, uh, tells him all he's got to do is watch your back Monday night. I'm thinking that should have been generic. He shouldn't have said Monday night because if they take that around the loop. Yeah, I think that, that slipped out a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, it was supposed to be generic. So, um, <laughs> it's trying to say, yeah, okay, so the, the uh, they basically, okay, uh, I got planting the seed earlier. Okay, yeah, okay, they go to the ring. Yeah, that just, yeah, he that whole little thing there with Lance, and then, yeah, he was. <laughs> Well, that was better than his in-rake work, but from what I remember, I don't think he's working forever. So, I don't think, you know, so he's probably really, really rusty. Um, and, so, I mean, you can look at him, and you can tell he's just a grizzled old heel. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, but he moves like a wrestler. Yeah. yeah. So, the fifth match is Dundee Johnson Barnes against, his, against Rooster Cogburn. Bob Owens and uh, something Rose. Mike Rose. Mike Rose. So, uh, Barnes and, and Rooster start. Rooster's bumping all over the place. Yeah, and it's just tackles and punches. Yeah. And then, Barnes goes for, I don't know what it was, and they blow the spot. I don't know what it was. It, so, I think it was supposed to be like a hit toss or something. But before Rooster even got to him, he tripped over his own feet and fell. No, no, he, Barnes went down before Rooster even got to him. Like, like you've maybe been in there for a side slam. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I, uh, I don't know. There was a miscommunication there. Rooster sell, uh, went down and then tagged out. Yeah. And we get Mike Rose in, and Mike Rose sucks. I put yeah, my house. Well, he hits a sloppy. Uh, yeah, he comes in. Mike Rose is very good. That's what I put. It's and then Barnes hits a sloppy uh, Samoan drop. He goes for a slam and Rose sandbags the crap out of him. Um, they tag in Owens and uh, Bob Owens. If you don't know, Bob Owens was a journeyman uh, job guy in the late seventies, early eighties, uh, all the way up to the mid eighties. Um, he worked all the territories everywhere. He worked everybody's TV, every territory's TV. Uh, Bob Owens. Um, so like late seventies, basically you know, eighties when the territories died out, it kind of sucked for him because you know he was one of those guys that made a living at doing jobs on TV because he worked every territory. Yeah. Uh, so he comes in, he gets on him, um, goes up to the to the top. Barnes catches him, hits him with a superplex for the finish. One, two, three. Uh, Rooster comes in to break it up. Dundee catches him and just slings him into the ropes. <laughs> Rooster went flying, just fell into the ropes. Then Johnson and Barnes get into it again, mouthing each other. Uh, I wish there had been more Rooster, but uh, I mean, 
I, I wish they never would have tagged in Mike Rose. Well, the, the whole thing I think it was is I don't think they needed to get Barnes over. Um, so I don't think it would have been good for Rooster being in there. So I think it was better. I would have seen him in a match. I would like to see him in a match with Lawler. If Lawler would let him, would, you know, because he would, I, it would be funny. Because, I mean, well, Lawler would, I mean, wouldn't give him nothing, but he could, do, I think he could do his gimmick. You know, if Lawler let him, he could do the, 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 the you know, the whole, you know, chicken hill. And just, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, I know, absolutely. I, if Lawler would let him, it, it would be a good little five-minute TV match. It would be hilarious. But uh, put him in that tag team, so they pretty much, you know, the thing was to get Barnes over strong. So, you know, he, and after it blew, that spot was blown, he was, he's like, yeah, I'm done. So they cut the break. They go into the Atlanta for the, for the, um, for the another Evansville uh, uh, card. He gets the steps for the Lawler Brickhouse Brown match for the Southern title. It's on the, the title is on the line again versus the Crown. Lawler Southern title versus Brickhouse Browns Lawler's Crown. <laughs> How am I? I'm not wording that right, am I? <laughs> so the title's on the line. If uh, Lawler wins, he gets his crown back from Brickhouse. That's go. the best way to word it, I yeah. think. And if Lawler does he get his crown back, Brickhouse has to come over and shine his shoes. So that's gonna be interesting. Uh, Star and Travis, they come in there and they plug uh, the match with the clones. Uh, not the best interview from either guy. Um, no. Travis went no, too really fast. Uh, Travis went too fast, stumbled a little bit. Uh, Mark Star still is not very good at talking. Um, let's see. Then Rocky Johnson building, he comes in and plugs their match with uh, Paul Dine, Pat Tanaka, no time limit. Johnson says we got a we'll have Bill Dundee's good goofy friend in our corner. <laughs> yeah, he calls him a goof numerous times. Yeah, then he says then he calls him a goof again. Dundee tries to smooth it over. Then he then he goes into to plug in the match and his that was short and sweet because he to the point because usually he talks a while but he um, he was just trying to smooth things over with him and Rocky and and um, George Barnes. So back to Lance and Dave at the desk to talk about Don Bass' video from last week because Dave wasn't there. It says that Don sent another video this week. We got about five minutes. <laughs> so they, they play the video. They got Don standing in front of a lake or a pond. Talks about how Lance cut, the tape last, cut his tape off last week. And he said, so this week he's going to sing every bit of it. And he better play, he's going to sing a new, sing another song and he better play every bit of it. So it starts up. <coughs> Sorry about that. He's lip syncing again. Bobby Bear song. Yeah. So he's lip syncing again, and and his fingers are not moving on the neck of the guitar. It's another. I say, yeah, it's another Bobby Bear song. that's learning to live again. They let it play while the Lance cuts it off again. Bass comes out, and the tape messed up. Did you know? Did you? It's like yeah. Yeah. Like, the tape froze up for a few seconds. Yeah. It's a lot of the same that we saw last last week, except this time Bass actually threatens to El Cabal Lance with the guitar. Yeah, he raises the guitar back and going to hit him. And he tells him, he's like, I can't sing. He goes, I can't sing right now. He tells him, he's going to sing. He says, I can't sing. My voice is gone. He said, I, he said something about he's been touring a lot or something. Yeah, he's constantly doing concerts. Yeah, and he says, he says I don't, and I don't have my band here today. 
Listen, bastards, next time you better play with my tape. And uh, that's where Ray's about the guitar. Bass leaves. Uh, did you notice Randy Hales come out there at the very beginning and we never saw him again? I didn't. Yeah, he walked before um, before Bass come out. You saw Hales run across the screen. Probably to tell him that we had one more match left. <laughs> to speed it up. Yeah. Which we're going to have to do. Yeah, I just realized that. So, Bass walks off. They're going to go to the six man. It's uh, oh the whole time Dave was in the background smiling and chuckling about this whole gimmick, and uh, uh, so we got six man's diamonds knocking heart versus Travis Star and West. The baby shined the whole time uh, for about what it was worth of what about a minute, minute and a half at the tops. Yeah. Uh, the um, hills Jack Hart as soon as he got the heat started the heat. Uh, <coughs> man, I'm coughing bad. Soon they start hitting the bell rings. All the hills jump in, boom! They paddle right back out and they cut the break. Uh, Lance comes back, basically says they're out of time, closes the show out. Music graphics hit. So we got about three minutes. You want to give your thoughts and my, and whatnots about the show? Yeah, my thought thought short and sweet. Um, I'm happy I finally got to see. Uh, at least the taste of the clones that you were trying to tell me about. Um, really happy to see Bill Smithson and get the and you know the fact that I'm going to get to see his run. Uh, Brickhouse Brown. It was probably the highlight of the show today. Yeah. Oh, um, part, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I really am. And I love George Barnes. Yeah. Just he's, he's just the stereotype of a grizzled old heel. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go back and watch uh, some matches of his. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and few, all those tights are terrible. Yeah, there's a few still out there. Is that all you got? That's all I got. All right, all right I got a little note here. Uh, I looked up the Lawler Dundee versus Island Rich Scaffold match was on June 15th, 1987. Miss I call him. Attendance was 6000 with a $24,000 gate. That was the last match they had because the next week they came back. It was Lawler Dundee against Island Brookhouse. Rich Note was not there. And the feud was the, the angle was and angle was gone. It was done. So it we didn't get on the loop tape because they only did the scaffold match on uh, Memphis. Okay, I like the Moon Dogs video. We we're talking about that. Uh, the Coliseum, the clones aggressive. We talked about that. Uh, Jack Hart uh, uh, was actually um, on TV, but he wasn't on the Evansville card. No Allen West on the Amazon card. No Phil Hickerson. Phil Hickerson and Tojo haven't been on TV in three weeks. Um, Seems like Tojo is, is not on TV, but he's working the uh, Evansville show and uh, as wrestling, not managing. Like I said, uh, Idle Rich and Polly are gone. Um, Brickhouse off the charts, how about that? Uh, George Barnes' debut was cold, I thought, because people didn't really... Um, Really remember until he started talking and then he, he livelied them up like the people up because he was funny. Um, Don Bass was great again. Uh, six man was a waste of time. Uh, we got six matches. Well, actually five. But um, overall, I thought it was a good show. Um, it's going to be interesting when they do with this Dundee, uh, Johnson, and Barnes things. I remember a little bit of it. All right, we got about 30 more seconds. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, let's go. All right. Uh, so, uh, thanks everybody for listening. 
For Jeremiah Plunkett and Quinn Cruza, hey, that's me. Thanks for listening. God bless. Till next week. Bye-bye, everybody.